Podcast Answer Man, episode number 121. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. Cliff Ravenscraft here. Got another live show here happening, a whole Thursday full of live shows, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., loving it. And today we're going to be talking about a brand new Podcast Answer Man product launch. We're going to talk about whether or not Skype is going to have to shut down, an important update to GarageBand, and some more of your feedback. That's right, everybody. I am excited to be here. I tell you, this is my second week in a row doing live shows, a total of recording 13 episodes back to back, nonstop. Well, I, I did take a 10 minute lunch break just now. But anyway, other than that, nonstop going uh, and having just a wonderful time doing it. Uh, obviously, podcasting is, is definitely my, one of my greatest number one passions in life and just... I, I love interacting with the community and to see so many people throughout the day has been amazing. I don't know if I got into this last week, but when I, w- when I was doing the show, we had a total, a total of approximately 500 and some odd people, somewhere between 500 to 600 people that joined us throughout the day. Today is no different. Um, our looks like my stats on Ustream has recently reset um, as I, a little bit earlier, but I would say today we're right around the same amount of people. It, it's just, it, it, it is a lot of people are coming throughout the day. Uh, what I've noticed as a result of doing an entire day of live podcasting is that there have been uh, live shows that we've done in the past, such as Help I Got a Mac, that show used to be recorded on Monday evenings. And what happens is those folks who typically love the Help I Got a Mac show, they'll come for that and they stay and watch other shows throughout either immediately following or before. Um, And then the same thing, the About the Church podcast is a show that we had a very strong, uh, normal, regular audience on Tuesday mornings. And those people are showing up for that show. Sometimes they're showing a little bit early and they're like, oh, wow, this Help I Got a Mac is just as much about podcast or about iPhones and and general technology as as it is about having a Mac. And even though I don't have a Mac, I, I'm finding that I really enjoy that show. And and so it's it's really done a lot to cross pollinate the different shows. I found that there's a benefit of doing that. But not only that, what's really awesome is I love seeing the people that I interact with interacting with other people in the community that I often interact with, but in different live show settings and seeing them interact with each other sometimes for the first time. This has been amazing and I really enjoy it. And and not to mention the fact that there's been the benefit to a lot of our international listeners who are, you know, many hours ahead of us and they're able to join us anytime during the day. And it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, all of that's going on. I, I do have a lot of things. I, I, I opened up the show telling you, uh, you know, just an idea of some of the things that we're going to talk about. And the first thing I'm going to do is play some audio feedback from Nick Padley. Uh, who uh, wants to give us a little update. I was talking about GarageBand in a previous episode, and this is what Nick had to say. Hey, Cliff, this is Nick Padley giving you a call from the In Between Sundays podcast, and I was just listening to Podcast Answer Man episode 116. I wanted to let you know, in case 
people have not told you about this yet, but the latest version of GarageBand does allow for you to turn off normalization. You had talked about that in the episode because you had mentioned that uh, one of the reasons why you don't like GarageBand was because that you cannot turn that off and it tends to lower the overall volume of the audio. And the latest version uh, now allows you to be able to put in all your effects and all of your signal processing and then export that exactly as you hear it. So there's no longer that need to put in normalization and you have to turn it off in preferences. It is on by default. So I thought I'd let you know about that. Uh, We'll talk to you later. Keep up the good work with Podcast Answer Man. Thanks a lot. God bless. Thank you so much, Nick, for your feedback. And I believe he recorded that on the iPhone using the Voice Memo app and just emailed that to feedback at gspn.tv. And uh, if you have an iPhone, you can do the same thing. And uh, I would love to have your audio feedback. But anyway, uh, yeah, matter of fact, it was right before Nick had emailed that to me. I had uh, Kylie, I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, basically, we found out that she was having the same issue. She was she was exporting um, her show and her audio was just a little bit too low, uh, and she couldn't figure out why it was doing that. And of course, I knew it was the the normalization process that, that just brought the overall average audio volume down. And there before there was never this option to go in and, and disable that in the in the preferences. And now that option is there, and it's awesome. And I'm glad that it was funny because she says, "Oh well, there's this thing that says I can turn this off," and I'm like, "Huh, really?" And so I'm I'm very glad to hear that, and uh, that 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 makes Auda- that will make GarageBand a wonderful solution for editing podcast on the Mac. In fact, knowing that they've gotten rid of that, uh, or I wish they would do it by default, but you know, knowing that you can go in and turn that feature off, um, it, it is definitely going to be very helpful, and uh, will it actually will make GarageBand my my uh, edit my software suggestion for people on a Mac. So uh, that that's a big change. All right, next up is, uh, let's see here. Oh, the one thing I did want to know is whether or not you can actually run normalization as a standalone process. And I don't believe that you can, uh, although, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of normalization anyway. Um, I, I mean, the the way I get my audio, and by the way, for those of you who are listening, if you don't know what normalization is, basically, there, back in the early days of podcasting, I used to have issues where uh, in the recording, in the actual, you know, rec- the, the audio track of the recording, I would have issues where my volume is very high, and then my co-host, my co-host volume is way low like this. And so when, when you have, you know, me talking here and my co-host is down here, it, it kind of, it, it's difficult to hear my co-host. And it, and it may, it may sound fine to you with your earbuds in and, and all of that stuff. But the truth is, is when people are listening to your podcast in their car, uh, they're, you're, anybody that's under a certain volume level, they're just going to get washed out. And what normalization helps do it, it does is it takes the loudest part and it takes the lowest part and kind of adjusts it to where it's a little bit more balanced. And and I remember in the old days I used to do a normalization and then I would just amplify all of it up. Well, what was GarageBand was doing is it was just normalizing it, bringing the average volume down and and leaving it untouched. And of course, you couldn't go back into GarageBand back in the day and just increase the volume because it would do another normalization process. And it was just, ah. Anyway, but now it seems like they have it fixed and I'm just glad to hear that. 
another tool that does a normalization style process and it's for free is, oh gosh, what's the name of it now? Um, it's by Gigavox. Um, Levelator. There. Uh, it is called Levelator and it's free. If you just go to google.com and type in Levelator, you'll be able to find that. I, I don't use, like I said, I don't use those things anymore. I've got to the point where I record everything into a digital audio recorder. And on my digital audio recorder, I have a display that shows the audio levels as they're coming in. And I am able to make sure that all of my audio levels are coming in at the same signal strength as I'm recording the show, which therefore means I don't need any normalization. I just go in and do one little um, process in Adobe Audition to, to put a little broadcast compression style setting on there. Anyway... In the chat room, as I'm recording this live, I do see Jerrica asked a question, and she says, uh, hey, Cliff, what's your thoughts on Audacity as a program? Well, uh, number one, it's free. I love that. Number two, it is cross-platform. You can do it on the Mac or the PC, and I believe they may even have a Linux version. I'm not sure. Um, Never been a Linux person myself. Uh, Nothing against it, but just never played around with it that much. And uh, anyway... Um, I, I think it's excellent. There, there are some things that are certainly missing in it, and some of the functionality isn't the greatest, but for somebody starting out in podcasting, I think it's an excellent solution. I have many consulting clients who are using Audacity. They are editing their shows, and they're doing just fine. Uh, have some great sounding shows, and really, uh, a majority of your sound has to do with your equipment anyway. And um, with that being said, you know, uh, if you're just looking for a program to cut out the ums and ahs or uh, long pauses or, or something like that or just to, you know, it, to drop in your audio track from your recording and then you want to put music in a separate track at the bottom so that you can kind of fade that in. Audacity works great for that, and I think it's an excellent. I think it's an excellent solution, and uh, so yeah, it's it's absolutely free. Uh, no, let me tell you the big drawback of Audacity and why I personally won't ever use it anymore. Uh, and I use Adobe Audition instead, although Adobe Audition is extremely expensive uh, when you compare it to free. Um, I think it's two hundred forty nine dollars. Uh, maybe two ninety nine, but I think it's two forty nine. If you happen to end up buying Adobe Audition, I've got an affiliate link on podcastanswerman.com on the right hand side if you scroll down enough. But anyway, um, Adobe Audition uses a uh, MP three encoder called the Fraunhofer encoder. Now Fraunhofer is the guy who uh, developed. He, he's the one who came up with the whole MP three thing. And his the encoder that he's developed has a very great sound. So even though, like for example, you're listening to this, this is encoded at 128 kilobits per second on the download. And I'm going to sound pretty darn good. I mean, you're not going to hear a lot of artifacting or anything like that. If I were to, to drop my encoding down to 64 kilobits per second on my MP3s, you may notice a little bit of artifacting, although I'll tell you, even with the Fraunhofer at 96 kilobits per second, or I'm sorry, at 64 kilobits per second, you still have some excellent audio quality when it comes to voice. Now, if you listen to the audio, like the 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 music in the in the beginning of the show, then um, you're going to notice the artifacting. And artifacting kind of just means like the it, the little bits and pieces are missing out of the audio. It, it just doesn't sound as fluid or as, as smooth. 
And um, it just sounds real, you know, you'll start to see it. I don't know how to explain other than it sounds just gar- garbagey. Um, and, and, and it just sounds like somebody's in a barrel kind of podcasting and talking. And it sounds like they're maybe even talking like they're underwater uh, to a certain degree. Now, here's the thing. The, if you use Audacity, you only have one option for a encoder, and it's the lame encoder, which I think is the worst name ever for a product, by the way. I have no idea why they call it the lame encoder, although I will tell you it is the most appropriately titled uh, product description uh, or name because it is a lame encoder. Uh, in fact, I I I forgotten I had forgotten just how bad the lame encoder was until recent just recently had a client who had recorded some audio uh, for his podcast and he had put it up for me to listen to and I listened to it and I'm like oh my gosh what is this what is this 32 kilobits per second and I looked at it it was 128 kilobits per second and I'm like oh yeah I remember back when I was using. Um, uh, audacity i was re- i was actually releasing all of my shows at 192 kilobits per second which the problem here is um when you record that i mean you got an hour-long podcast that thing could be 100 megabytes or it could be 140 megabytes and that that's no fun but uh what i'm able to do with adobe audition i can record something at 64 kilobits per second and still be better than the audio quality will be much better than 128 kilobits with Audacity. So my client, I actually instructed him. He, he was concerned about you know the size of the file, so he didn't want to jump up to 192. He instead jumped. He instead dropped down to, or jumped it up to 160 kilobits using the lame encoder, and that did much better. Matter of fact, he's getting at 160 kilobits about what I get at 96 kilobits per second with uh, the Fraunhofer encoder. And if all of that just confused the heck out of you, I really apologize. But, you know, those are some of the technical details we do get into here from time to time. And uh, if you're not sure what bit rates are and stuff like that, I am available for consulting and I can walk you through like just the basics of audio processing and editing 101 and do screen sharing with you and and uh, even walk you through how to use Audacity. And in fact, I just did that for my client. I showed him how to drop in and do multi-track processing. Got a client coming up this coming week. I'm going to be teaching her how to use uh, just the basics of Adobe Audition. And I'm looking forward to that. So I'm available for those kind of services. And Jerrica, by the way, in the live chat room, thank you for your question. I enjoyed getting that. And I had a little added value in the, uh, in the live show here and in the recording as well. All right, moving right along. Here's a story that I found online. Skype may have to shut down because of a dispute over core technology used to make the internet telephone system work. Here we go. The story says this. It says eBay, which paid 2.6, I guess, million dollars for the voice over the, or it might be billion. I don't know. It's probably a million. I have no idea, to be honest with you. But anyway, eBay, which paid a lot of cash for the voice over the web system in 2005 is facing a court battle with the founders of the company who retained the rights to the technology at the heart of the system, which I'm thinking, who, who sells something and then retains all the rights? Uh, but maybe that was the part of their plan all along. Anyway, uh, regardless, it says here in the article, eBay admitted in a regular regulatory filing that it may have to close down the company 
So now I don't have any of the original sources for this, but they're saying here in a, in a regulatory filing, so some paperwork maybe that they filled out, they, they, they admit that they may have to close down the company. It says it is trying to develop an alternative so- software, but if that didn't work or if eBay lost the right to the original software, Skype would be severely and adversely affected and the the continued operation of Skype's business as currently conducted would not be possible. Now, okay, so here's the quotation. Skype would be severely and adversely affected and the continued operation of Skype's business as currently conducted would likely not be possible. Here's here's the one thing. I do not believe for a second that Skype's going anywhere. Now, here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm recording this into a digital audio form this is going to go down into the archives. You'll be able to pick it out and pull it up later and say, ah, Cliff, do you remember back in the day when you swore that you never thought that for a minute that it'd be possible that Skype's going to close its door and go away? Well, here we are three months later, and guess what? Skype's gone. We all miss it. Uh, if that happens, then feel free to say, ha-ha, Cliff, you were wrong. Now, somebody asked me, though, do I think, what do I think about this? Am I concerned? No, I'm not eBay's got so much money. I, I, this is this this kind of stuff is happening all the time. When it comes to reading the news stories, the news articles about this stuff, you know, you gotta watch the spin that they put on it. And one of the things that they do, the especially bloggers and and these news sites, they'll, what they'll do is they they try to word things in such a way that creates a lot of uh, interest or controversy or or concern. And all of a sudden, you 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 share in your headline, Skype might have to shut down, and all of a sudden, that just piques a lot of people's interest because this is a company that has millions and millions and millions of subscribers around the world, and all of a sudden, to say that Skype's going to shut down, I I just don't see that. I just don't see it as as possible. And you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And just so you know, uh, just type in Gizmo Project. Go to Google.com. Type in Gizmo project and I'm typing it in now and uh, there's Gizmo 5 mobile and and it's going to take you to all this other stuff. Uh, Gizmo is just like Skype and and if Skype went away I would I would use Gizmo. Uh, there there's if if Skype went away other other things will happen. Other things will pull up. Now is Gizmo in danger of using the same core technology of Skype? I have no idea, but something's going to happen. Voice over IP is not going away. And I really have a hard time believing that Skype is going to go anywhere either. So my own personal opinion, and this is not professional opinion because, you know, I am not a professional when it comes to internet telephony services and all that, you know, all that stuff. Um, But my my opinion is is that Skype ain't going anywhere. That's it. Yep. There you go. My thoughts are my thoughts. All right. Dave called in and uh, he basically just wanted to share a, a little brief testimonial. And so let's hear what Dave had to say. Hey, Cliff, this is Dave from Washington Courthouse. Just uh, wanted to call and give you a big thank you for uh, the recommendations you made on the audio equipment uh, bundle that I'm going to be picking up from you soon uh, to get my uh, podcast launched and off the ground. Um, just want to let you know uh, you made it real easy as far as uh, explaining everything, uh, even to a layman like myself that has absolutely no previous experience in audio recording. Um, and I just want to let you know I really appreciate it. Uh, I don't think there's any service out there 
uh, that would even come close for any amount of money that would walk anybody step by step through the whole process with screencasts and, uh, and, and being able to use the new equipment that you get uh, to be able to get the best sounding podcast for your money. So uh, rate, your rates are extremely reasonable uh, for what you do. And like I said, you really offer a service that you can't find anywhere else. Just wanted to let you know how much I appreciated it. And I'm sure I'll be seeing you around. Take it easy. Dave, thank you so much, folks. And uh, or folks, I just want to say, Dave was not paid to do that. Um, and he offered to, to send in that audio feedback. And that's one of the things I love about what I do for a living. There, there are still some things that I do right now that I don't love. And uh, occasionally, I, I still have a couple ties to my previous employer. Uh, I offered to do some consulting work for them. And I will tell you, there is just some days I'm like, why did I offer to do this? This is so horrible. I, it, I just, my whole day moves slower when I'm working with those things. But when it comes to helping with people with podcasting and doing consulting like that, I just love it. I, I really have a heart and a passion for teaching people and helping people get things done. And, uh, you know, it, it just it just warms my whole heart and to, to know that people are enjoying this and somebody who pays me my hourly rate and then on top of that would say, hey, guys, you've got to do. I mean, that's just awesome. And I, I thank you, Dave, for doing that. And uh, I hope that if anybody's out there, if you're just struggling, you know, you, you don't know what to do with RSS feeds and and WordPress plugins and, uh, you know, themes and. Uh, you know, all the, all the different you know, kilobits per second. What software should I use? Where do I begin? Where do I go? You've got a little, uh, you, you've got a little problem with paralysis because you've spending too much time on analysis of how to do everything. Just let somebody like myself help you. I'd love to do that. And, uh, you know, the more consulting work that I get, the better. So, uh, my family loves it. All right. Well, anyway, Dave, thank you for that. And uh, I'm going to tell you about a new product that I'm going to be launching and offering here through PodcastAnswerMan.com. But before I do that, I want to share Wayne Henderson's feedback uh, where we were talking a couple episodes back, I believe it was, uh, the about the idea of mixing feed content, putting both audio and video. And he brought some additional uh, insight into this that I think would be worth hearing. So Wayne, take it away. Hi, Cliff. This is Wayne Henderson from the Fringe Casting with Wayne and Dan podcast, all about the TV show Fringe, returning to Fox this September, <laughs> calling for the podcast Answer Man podcast. And Cliff, calling about your recent episode where you talked about mixing maybe audio and video into the same podcasting feed and all that. And you made a lot of great points. I wanted to emphasize one a little further and bring up a new point as, as well. One, if you mostly do audio podcasts um, and you put a po video podcast out in your feed, podcasters, please make it no more than 10, 15 minutes tops because it's just going to be way too big of a file. And unless I'm learning some you know, Facebook and WordPress tips where I really need to see and get the in-depth of it, you know... In fact, the other day I was downloading a podcast in a feed and I noticed it was going to be 400 and something megabits. I just hit cancel. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm not going to. I know we got room, but still 400 megabits. You know, that's kind of pushing the envelope a little too far. Now, on another aspect, for those, whether or not you're mostly doing video podcasts or occasionally doing video podcasts, when you put together a video podcast and it comes through on iTunes, unless it's something like a site 
sightseeing tour of England, something that has to be in HD, please make your video podcasts in an iPod and iPhone compatible format. I can't tell you how many times I was excited to see a podcast download, a video podcast episode, and then it never goes onto my iPhone or my iPod because it's just not in that format and it's not a sightseeing tour. So I'm not going to sit there at my computer to watch a video podcast. I watch whatever video podcasts I do on my iPhone. And if it's not in that format and it's not going to go over onto my iPhone, I'm not going to see that video podcast. Unless, like I said, those rare occasions where it's a sightseeing tour in HD of some beautiful uh, London landscapes. Otherwise, please just put it in an iPhone or iPod format so that when it comes on my feed, we can watch it. Thank you. All right, Wayne, thank you so much for that feedback. And, you know, listen to what Wayne's saying, because what you have there is somebody who is he Wayne's obviously a podcaster. But, you know, um, he's also uh, he's also a podcast listener. uh, Let's say subscriber, because he's a he's a listener and a viewer. I'm sure he's probably got some video podcast that he actually subscribes to. Uh, This is one of the reasons, of course, why I am primarily a fan of audio over that of video anyway, because there's more things you can do with uh, audio than you can do video. You can listen to it while you're driving, which is not very, uh, it's not something I recommend you do with a video podcast is watch while you're driving. Uh, you can, you can listen to, or yeah, you can listen to audio while you're jogging or walking through the neighborhood. That can be a little bit more difficult when you're, uh, trying to do that and watch something. Uh, you can do it. You can actually listen to an audio podcast while cutting the grass. I, I even do that. So there's there's a lot of things you can do while you're doing audio. Not to mention the fact that there are a lot of people who are working all day long and doing jobs in the digital world of uh, things like that. So um, you know when it when it comes down to it, not as many people have as much time for aud- or for video as they do for audio content. And usually the thing about video is that unless you're going to do something super professional. Uh, you, unless you're spending a good deal of money to to do things professionally, uh, your your project looks more like a something that's a hobby done in somebody's basement most of the time with video, and with audio, it's with just a couple hundred bucks you can actually sound just as good as radio stations that have tens of thousands dollars of dollars worth of equipment and towers and all that other stuff. I mean, listen to the audio quality of this show. And, and, you know, I, I believe it comes off sounding very professional, as, at least as professional as I want it to sound. I, now, if I really wanted to, I could do some things that, that, that would just, if I spend an extra, you know, 45 minutes on this show, I could add jingles in between calls and do all kinds of takeaways and, and stuff like that. And, and you know, I, I, I don't go through that trouble for here, but I can, I can produce the best of the best audio with what I have. But when it comes to video, you know, it, it's the tools that you're using. And, and it's also the, you know, all the lighting is important. The audio is important to get into your video. Uh, but but even as Wayne, Wayne says, listen, you know, if it's going to be video, you're going to have to do multiple formats if you want to keep everybody happy. You know, you got people who want to watch your stuff on the Apple TV. You're going to have to have a format that's going to look good on a 55-inch screen HD TV. Uh, but at the same time, you don't want that same video file downloading into your R- your one RSS feed for uh, your subscribers who are wanting to watch it on their iPhone because that file is going to be, gosh, that file right there is going to be like you know, 700 megs, 600 megs, uh, depending on how long your show is. 
So you're going to want to make um, an iPod version. But there are going to be some people who, who, who don't like Apple and, and they, for some reason, don't know about anything else other than, you know, Windows Media Player. So those people are going to want a me- Windows Media ver- uh, video format, WMV format. Uh, and, and just go to geekbrief.tv and, and click on one of her episodes. And she I think she's putting her episodes out into, I don't know, eight, nine, ten different formats sometimes. Maybe that's a little bit of a, a stretch, but I don't think it is, honestly. As a matter of fact, let me just do it real quick. Uh, this will just take me a second. I'm going to go to geekbrief, geekbrief.tv and Callie. I did an episode uh, interview with Callie quite some time ago. And uh, here, I'll just go to 67, and I'm scrolling down, and uh, do, 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 do. she has a small, okay, she has in iTunes format, she has a small version, a midi, medium version, and an extra large, so that's three. She has Windows Media, and then she has one for no, the Nokia, Nokia N95 phones, and one for the Nokia N800 and 810 phones. So that's a total of six video formats that she's releasing every single one of her episodes on. And, uh, you know, and, and if, you know, if it was an odd, now obviously her, her format is video and I, and I'll be honest with you, she does a audio podcast and I don't subscribe to her audio podcast, but I do subscribe to her video because I love the content and the, the material and it lends itself for video very well. So with all of that being said, there's a lot of extra work that goes into putting one of those shows together. Alrighty, so that's pretty much all the feedback that I wanted to share in this episode. By the way, I have a ton more in here. And if you've ever sent me an audio, submitted an audio question for uh, the Podcast Answer Man, I just want to let you know I still have about 15 more audio clips. Plus, I have a lot of written questions that have been submitted, and I'm, I've got all those things pulled up here. But if you want to send in your audio feedback and, and your question for the Podcast Answer Man show, Email that to me uh, via the uh, iPhone application on your voice memo app. Email that to feedback at gspn.tv. Or if you have some equipment and you are recording, you already have a podcast, just record it into an MP3 file and and attach it. Feedback at gspn.tv. Or if you want to call in, you can do that. Area code 859-795-4067. And uh, the last thing I want to tell you about in this particular episode is I want to tell you about a new prod- product that I'm going to be la- that I'm actually launching. I'm announcing here today for the very first time, uh, officially, and that is I'm going to start offering a 100 point inspection or 100 point evaluation of your podcast if you're interested. And let me explain to you uh, how this works. First of all, I'm going to tell you the cost is 149 dollars. But this is, this is how it works, and let me tell you what you get for that amount of money. And I've already got a bunch of people that I've talked to you know, in between just saying, hey, what do you think about this? And a lot of people are interested, so I'm really excited about it. But let me tell you what you get for $149. First thing you're going to do is you'll submit to me one episode of your podcast. Uh, you, hopefully, it'll be an hour or less. But I would love to have one episode of your podcast submitted for me to do a complete thorough review. Now, it's not, I'm going to take and I'm going to ask 100 or judge your podcast based upon 100 different pieces of criteria. And this is not just going to be the one podcast, but it's going to be so many other things. It's going to be the website um, and everything. So let me, let me just give you a, first of all, 
um, some things that I'm going to be looking at. And I, I am still working on the list. I'm up to 78, uh, 78 different things that I'm evaluating. And, and I was just pulling all of these off the top of my head the other night. And uh, I, I, I know there's still more that I could judge people's podcasts based upon. But here, here's some things. First of all, your actual episode, the, the audio that you would have me listen to, uh, I'm going to find out, are your titles, your, your meta tags, are they displayed properly? Uh, is there artwork and, and, you know, what does the artwork uh, contain the name of your show, the URL of your show, just in case I found it somewhere else? Um we're going to do, you know, are you making use of the lyrics tag that which is not something that is required, but gosh, it, it doesn't make sense to not use it if you can. Uh, we're going to talk about I'm going to evaluate the length of your ep- episode, the size of your file. I'm going to uh, evaluate the bit rate that you chose for your format. Um, is there an intro to your music? Um, did you, you know, at the beginning of the show, did you announce the name of your show? Did you did you introduce yourself, what your name is? Uh, did you tell us what your podcast is about? So people who are just thumbing through, just listening, you know, do you get a general feel of it up front? Um, I could go on and on. Um, uh, basically, do you have a voicemail phone number? Did you tell us about it? Did you, did you invite us to come to the website? What, how did you, you know, uh, what did you do? What did you offer to entice people to come to the website? Um, all of these different things are things that I'm going to be looking at. That's just the audio file itself, but I'm not now the hundred point inspection is not going to be just the audio file, but while I'm listening to your audio file and taking notes and asking all these questions, uh, the other things that I'm going to be doing is I'm going to evaluate your website and I'm going to be a, a, a thorough review of your website. I'm going to, I'm going to take a look at your URL. You know, is your podcast, mypodcast.blogspot.com or mypodcast.blogspot.com? podbean.com. I'm going to evaluate that and I'm going to suggest what it would, you know, what kind of changes would be made uh, if you just had, you know, uh, like podcastanswerman.com. Even if it forwarded to another domain, uh, the importance of the URL. Um, content management system, you know, your site, is it is it a dynamic site that, ha- that updates and is refreshing uh, with new content? Is it automatically archiving things or do you have a static HTML site that doesn't even have an RSS feed? Uh, is there good branding on your site? Uh, the overall design and layout, uh, I'm going to kind of grade, you know, based upon those kind of things. The titles of your posts, how are you titling your shows? Are there is there consistency there? Uh, is there an audio player or a video player that I can press and play right as I'm on your site without it linking me to something else or prompting me to download the file? Can I just click a play button and listen and still look at other things that are on your site while I'm listening? Um, searching capabilities. Can I find shows in your archives? Uh, the, do I have the ability to comment? If somebody is commenting, do I see you commenting back? Uh, is there a schedule posted? Uh, you know, how is it easy for me to find out how to contact you if, with a voice feed, feedback number? Or can I? E- is it easy for me to find your email? Do you have links to your Twitter or social media accounts? Um, you know, what I'm going to look you up in Google and find out where you stand in the Google rankings. Uh, based upon some search keywords and things like that. So these are the, th- I mean, this is just a, a few of the things. And of course, I'm going to evaluate your iTunes listing. I'm going to check to make sure that your your display, you know, what your display looks like there and, and all the other things uh, as far as how many episodes are showing, whether or not you have a promo in there. Um, 
Also going to uh, give you some feedback on the format of your show. How long is it? How consistently, you know, how consistent is your show as far as its length? How consistently is your show released as far as on a um, week by week basis? Or is it every other week or whatever the case may be? Anyway, um, we've got a lot of noise happening here next door to the studio. Uh, I think they just fixed it. But anyway, that is what we're going to be um, doing here. Uh, let me tell you. So so obviously, I'm going to be spending a minimum of about an hour evaluating the episode that you will submit to me. But here's the other thing that you get for this $149. You get one full hour of consulting with me after I've finished grading everything. And in essence, what you're going to do, what we're going to do there is I'm going to go through, I'm going to provide you a copy of, of my evaluation and we're going to go through almost all of it line by line. And in one hour, we're going to talk about so many different things that you can do to improve the quality of your show, to improve uh, the effectiveness of building community around your audience or your, yeah, with your audience. Uh, to to make things easier to navigate, to find things easier for people who are searching for you on Google, all of those different things. So there there is a it, there's a lot involved, and I will tell you, as far as a, the price of um, $149, it is it is something that is actually pretty inexpensive because I charge $95 an hour for consulting right now. And as I'm recording this, by the way, if you're listening to this eight or nine months after I've released this, my, my rates may have gone up by then because I, I have been contemplating that. But at this point in time, as I'm recording on August 6, 2009, my rates are currently 95 bucks an hour. But I have people who pay me $95 an hour and they are with me for two hours and I will they will come up with a question with like you know, eight questions and we'll sit there and discuss those eight questions and I'll show them some things and stuff like that. But over, over the course of it, they ask eight questions. Well, with this, you're going to get one hour of consulting included in this. And not only that, but I'm actually going to, it's, it's as though I'm providing you a ton of questions that, that are already things that, you know, it's like, hey, here's something that you should know. Here's something you should know. Here's something you should know. So there's a lot of these qu- things that I'm going to cover in the evaluation will be things that you would have maybe never even thought to ask. You know, you would have never, you know, it's like, oh, I never thought about that. And so there's a lot of things here. And as far as the value, I, I, I don't think that I need to sell it any harder than I already have. But I, I do want to say, um, you know, if, if there's any question as to whether or not it would be worth it, uh, I, I if you don't know this about me already, I've already released over 1,530 of my own episodes. And Stephanie and I, my wife, uh, we release content out to an, a total overall audience of about 47,000 people who download and uh, get our content on a weekly basis. And we get a lot of feedback a lot of feedback and we get the good feedback, but we also get criticism. We also get critical feedback. Now I want to tell you, I'm going to be open. I'm going to be honest with you and transparent right here. I'm going to tell you that, um, I'm going to be doing these inspections, uh, on my own podcasts and I have 21 of them that I produce. I'm going to do, I can guarantee you that, I will probably have several things that I, as far as my grading level is concerned, how I grade myself, there's going to be a lot that's lacking in my own podcasting. And some of it's because I podcast so many different shows 
that I am not taking the time to do some things as well as I should. And the reason why some of my shows don't have, you know, 5,000, 8,000, 10,000 more listeners than they do is because I've neglected so many of the things that are on my list. And so actually this product was born out of the idea or out of the fact that I was actually thinking, you know, what am I doing? What do I need to do to increase my effectiveness to increase my brand exposure for this podcast and this podcast and this podcast. And I started making this list and I'm like, you know what? This is going to be a great product for me to offer to uh, the folks over uh, that listen to Podcast Answer Man. So with that, folks, that's what I wanted to let you know. If you're interested in that, just uh, email me feedback at gspn.tv. That's feedback at gspn.tv. And uh, tell me that, you know, just in the title or in the email, just tell me you're interested in the 100 point inspection on your podcast and uh, we'll set that up. We'll set it up. And, um, you know, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm very excited about the next couple months here at gspn.tv and also here at podcastanswerman.com because I've just recently just made some major changes to my organizational efforts. I've got some new processes and some new workflows that I've put into place, a lot of things that I'm learning uh, on how to be more effective and more efficient in my podcasting. Uh, For example, this is the second week in a row that I'm recording live all day Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. By the end of today, by 5 o'clock today, I will have recorded 13 podcast episodes back-to-back, nonstop. And I love it. And it and it's working out. And of course, it, it was very easy for me to prepare every single show that I've recorded today, including this one, had full show notes produced and available, all put together beforehand. All the audio feedbacks were already chosen and put into a special uh, workflow and process that made it easy for me to pull them up right as I was ready to hit the record button. And once I'm finished recording all 13 shows today, within one hour, maybe an hour and a half... So by probably by six o'clock tonight, all 13 episodes will be processed. They will all be meta tagged. They will have artwork associated with them. They'll have lyrics tags. They will all be uploaded to the Libsyn servers where I host all my media files. And uh, two of the episodes will be released into the feeds today. And the other ones will be scheduled for release uh, out into the feeds on their scheduled days, which you can see that over at gspn.tv slash schedule if you're interested. Anyway, if you need any audio equipment, I'm also available for that as well. And that's enough me talking about me and all that I can do for you. I'd love to hear from you. And if you want to give us a call, do that at area code 859-795-4067. Area code 859-795-4067. If you want to talk to me personally about consulting and you don't want to just uh, email me, you just want to get a hold of me right away, you can do that. My personal cell phone right here, this number, giving it to you right here in the podcast, 859-757-1399. That is 859-757-1399. Anyway, I look forward to hearing with you, working with you if I can. God bless you all. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.